0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Redeemed and Restored podcast. Today, we are going to talk about being enough. So many times I've heard this quote, you are enough. And I've always loved that quote, because so many times in my life, I've felt like I haven't been enough. And I know that you have to. I think everyone has. Even in my podcast cover, I'm wearing a t-shirt that says you are so enough. But that quote isn't entirely true. The truth is, you don't have to be enough, nor could you ever be enough. You couldn't possibly be everything or everyone in your life all at the same time, and it's not realistic to strive to be that. So today we're going to be studying in um, Exodus chapter 3, and there we will find the words of God that will give us peace in knowing that He is everything that we will ever need. Okay, I've been trying to release my podcast on Sundays, but this past Sunday I had a cold And I just did not sound very well. So, And I'm still getting over that cold. Um, But here we are on Wednesday. And I hope that this gives you a good midweek boost. Um, And we're still in Exodus talking about Moses. I've just been stuck on Moses lately. So maybe by next week, God will point me in a different direction. Um, But for today, we're in Exodus chapter 3. If y'all want to turn over there. In this chapter, we find the story of Moses and the burning bush. We talked about Moses in the last podcast episode too, but we're going to go earlier in his life when God called him to his purpose. In chapter 3, we see that Moses is a shepherd right now. He's taking care of his father-in-law's flock. Verse 1 says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why this bush is not burnt. So for a bush of twigs and leaves to continually stay on fire without disintegrating is a miracle by itself. Branches don't just burn forever. They eventually will turn to ash. Moses thought it was weird, so he looked over at it to investigate. Verse four, and when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. So now the bush is talking to Moses. Sometimes it takes something odd and out of the ordinary for God to get our attention. And if you don't notice him then, then maybe he uses something bigger or bigger until you do. Sometimes, unfortunately, it even takes a tragedy to get people to look to God. God wants our attention. He wants us to stay focused on him and not the world around us. Because when our focus starts straying away from him, that's when the devil has a chance to get in the view. He jumps in with his drugs and his alcohol and his addictions, his worries, his depression, his anger. Your goal should be to get so close to God's face that nothing else can squeeze its way in between you. Because when your focus is off of God and space gets between you and him, that's when the devil has the opportunity to shove something in your face that could destroy you or maybe feels like it could destroy you. You know how you can be like so tore up about something and it feels like you're not going to get through it or get over it. And then when you tell somebody about it out loud, it sounds silly. And then you're like, it's, it's worse than that, though. Like, believe me, it's worse than that. I am like that. My anxiety sends me spiraling over things that sound ridiculous when I speak them out loud. Then... Matthew's like just looking at me and I'm like, I promise you it's worse than that. (laughs) It sounds silly, but it's worse than that in my head. That's the devil butting into your brain when your focus is off of Jesus, when you get distracted. He likes to attack when you are distracted. Did you know there's such a thing as ADCD? It stands for Attention Deficit Christians Disorder. I can be in the middle of a prayer, start thinking about something else that doesn't involve prayer or God and then like 30 minutes later be like oh yeah sorry God I forgot I was praying that's ADCD and it's the same thing with our Christian walk you can just like forget to talk to him for one day and end up having the worst day your anxiety has ever seen and then at the end of that day you realize oh my gosh I haven't talked to God today I haven't prayed today I haven't read his word I haven't been in his presence today That's the devil popping in, and those visits are never pleasant. Listen for the Lord's voice and give him your full attention so that he doesn't have to set bushes on fire to get it. When you feel that tug in your spirit from him, say, here I am, Lord, just like Moses did. Here I am. Keep ignoring that call in your heart, and he will make his call louder and louder. And believe me, God does not like being ignored, nor does anybody like being ignored. So Moses says, here am I. Verse five says, and he said, draw not near hither, put off your shoes from off your feet for the place wherein you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the Lord. I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I've surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their task makers, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land, unto a good land, and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites, and unto the place of the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now therefore, and I will send you... Unto Pharaoh, that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt, so the Israelites were in slavery in Egypt, they were worked to death and even beaten by the Egyptians who were in charge of them and God says he heard their cries to him to save them out of slavery and After explaining the situation, God calls Moses to lead his people out of Egypt. In verse eleven, we see Moses' response. He says, and Moses said unto God, who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? Who am I? He's asking, why me? Why have you chosen me? I can't do that. I can't lead hundreds of people out of Egypt. I didn't ask for that job. Who am I to do that? I'm not enough. Moses, a Bible hero, has felt the same way that we have. That feeling of not being able to do what we've been called to do. Maybe you're a mom who feels like you're raising your kids and failing at it. Maybe you're on your way to work feeling like you have too much on your to-do list to accomplish it all today and you're just overwhelmed with it all. Maybe you're the youth leader at your church feeling like you aren't the right person for the job anymore. We are all a type of Moses. God has given us a calling. He has called your name out of that bush and my name out of that bush. Moses misunderstood his assignment though, and maybe we have too. Moses is focused on himself saying, who am I? When he should be focused on God saying, I'm trusting in you. When God calls us to something, he never expects us to do it alone because it's not about us at all. It's all about him. So instead of looking at ourselves and feeling like we aren't capable of it, it's time to start looking at God to see what he can do through us because we are merely vessels for God. We don't have to be enough. We never had to be enough. Verse 12 says, And he said, Certainly I will be with you, and this shall be a token unto you that I have sent you. When you have brought forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said to Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shall you say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. Dr. Pentecost translated that name to, I was, I am, and I shall always continue to be. God was reassuring Moses here that he would be anything and everything that Moses needed to get the job done. He was saying, you don't have to be enough because I am enough. What we don't have, God will provide. Where we are weak, he is strong. When we fall, he's right there to pick us back up. We have to stop being conceited thinking that this is about us and what we can or can't do because when he calls us to something, he's not asking if we are capable. He's not asking what we can do and if we're right for the job. He's asking us to be willing to be used by him and he's asking us to say yes, to say here I am Lord, use me, use me. I got married a couple months ago and ever since then I've had this picture in my mind of a perfect wife one who meal plans and has a clean house all the time and keeps up with the laundry. You know, like I watch all of these people on YouTube and on Instagram who like has these beautiful homes and I'm like just trying to make myself like that. And it has been exhausting. And if you're wondering if I achieved those goals, the answer is a definite no. And it had me feeling like I was not enough, like I wasn't cut out to be a wife after all. And I know it sounds silly, but I was trying to live up to these expectations that I made for myself, expectations that I could never meet while working two jobs, plus being the youth leader at my church. But I tried anyway, of course. Well, on my birthday this year, which was last week, my husband planned this surprise. I have been wanting a Christmas tree for our new house, and he was adamant about not putting one up until after Thanksgiving. He's a stickler for that kind of stuff. But he would literally do anything on this earth to make me happy. Um, He's an angel like that. So he caved and I came home that night to him standing in the driveway waiting for me. And he led me out in the yard in front of our house and showed me this big lever in his hand. He flipped the lever up and a Christmas jingle started playing. Lights started flashing on the little lever and all of a sudden a multicolored Christmas tree lit up in our front window. And I was so ecstatic. I could hardly contain my Christmas spirit. This was like a dream come true. I'd seen a Christmas miracle. My husband had put up a tree before Thanksgiving to make me happy. So he had planned this whole thing. And I'm like, how did you do this without me knowing about it? I don't understand. And then he went on to tell me that his sweet parents came over while we were working to put this tree together. And my heart melted. This was like the sweetest thing. Like all these people were in on it. Um, But then I remembered something. I had not done any housework all week. I had two sinks full of dishes. The laundry was piled up. The kitchen table was full of stuff. The kitchen table is still full of stuff, by the way. Um, The house was a wreck and I was so embarrassed. I was like, they've been here all day. What? So if I knew the parents were coming over, I would have stayed up late the night before making sure the house looked presentable at least, even if it still looked a little bad, but at least presentable. So I felt like a failure for not keeping up with the house that week and not being like ready. So then we went inside and I found a beautiful Christmas tree, gifts for my birthday and cards. Um, But I also found an empty sink and a counter full of clean dishes. That, and I could tell the way the dishes were stacked that Matthew did not do them. (laughs) He doesn't stack them that neat. (laughs) So that was the most selfless gift that my mother-in-law could have ever given me. And at that moment, I felt a weight lift off of me in a sense. And I realized that I did not have to be enough. I don't have to have a spotless house to have my in-laws over. I don't have to live up to these perfect wife expectations that I've put on myself. I don't have to be enough. Why? Because it's not realistic. We don't have to be enough for God, nor could we ever be. There's no such thing as a a perfect Christian. Jesus is the one who fills in that gap. What we are missing, he fills in. Second Corinthians 12, nine says, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Even though these words were spoken a couple thousand years ago, he is still speaking that to us today. He says, my grace is sufficient for you, Sarah. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Let His grace fill the gap when you are called to something. don't say no because you feel like you aren't good enough according to your own standards. God is the one doing the calling, not you, so be available and be willing and let him be what you can't be. Let him be everything and anything that you need today. Let go of those expectations that you've put on yourself because you will work to death trying to live up with up to them. Read the Word of God instead and fall into his grace and. If you've never fully accepted Jesus into your heart before because you feel like you aren't worthy or not good enough for Him, read that verse again. His grace is sufficient. You don't have to clean house before Jesus comes in. That's what He's coming for. He's coming to clean you up. He doesn't care what you've done, He will come into your heart, clean out all that you've been forgiven for, and fill it with His grace. We each have a calling and a purpose, and I want to encourage each of you today to accept that calling. It could be being a wife, being a mom, being a school teacher, being a youth leader, whatever you are called to do and realize that you aren't enough on your own. You have to rely on Jesus to be everything you can. not He is enough. Let his grace be sufficient for you today. encouraged you this week to let go of those unrealistic expectations that you've put on yourself and just live in his grace and take in what he's spoken to you today and rely on him for everything that you need because he says I am that I am which means he is everything he is anything that you are going to need him to be in this day whatever you cannot do he will fill in that gap just pray over each and every one of you listening to this podcast today and I pray that you take in what was spoken and take in this story of Moses and the way that um, he was exactly like us, the way that he doubted himself, the way that he felt like he wasn't enough for his calling. So I pray that you realize that you don't have to be enough for your calling because God is enough. I pray that you say yes to whatever God is calling you to do and whatever you feel like you're being led to do. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. So I'm just praying over each and every one of you this week, and I pray that you have a great week and that you shine his light to someone um, in your own mission field, whether it's at work or at home or at the grocery store, wherever you go, shine his light and share this message with them.